Welcome. This is Talking Joy, creating joy, inner peace, and authentic connections. My name is Pam Rotelli-Robertson, and I am founder of lifestyle brand Talking Joy. As a certified spiritual director, I have been leading groups with the power of words, the strength of positivity, and the gift of joy. During our time together, our focus will be on simple spiritual practices that can be applied to your everyday life with the wisdom and support of others. Talking Joy talks to help you realize your value. I am so glad you're here. Simple, joyful, fun. Let's get talking. Well, Reverend Dr. Glenn Stout, welcome to the Talking Joy podcast. Glenn uh, retired from congregational ministry in 2015 from the United Church of Canada, and then he completed the one-year intensive spiritual direction certificate program at Moravian University, the theological school there, along with me. That's how we met. We went to school together. So welcome, Glenn. I'm so excited to have you here today on the podcast and to talk about you know, self-care and the lifestyle of sharing God's goodness in the world. It is my pleasure, Pam, certainly my pleasure to be with you and to have this conversation. It's a conversation I have uh, often with a lot of different people and they may or not, they may or may not notice that it is a conversation about living goodness as a lifestyle, but um, it is the conversation of my life right now. That's great. And I would have to say that when you and I met, when we were in this program together, that we were away on retreats and we spent some time together as a group and uh, in class. And what I witnessed is that you do live a life of uh, sharing God's goodness. And I could see it in you and, and I admired it. And it's contagious, I think, yes. you know, when, when you're around someone like you that, that is uh, doing the good work that you're doing. So let's just back up and talk about spiritual direction. You and I are both spiritual directors and you know, sometimes people don't know what that is or, you know, what is all that about? So do you want to talk a little bit about your spiritual direction practice and, and what that is for you? Sure. Uh, since we completed our program together, I have had this small volunteer spiritual direction practice in the faith community of which I'm a member, Orleans United Church. And this practice is one that is volunteer. It, has, it includes uh, about 12 or 15 people, individuals and two small groups that I work with. So it's, it's a, an experience for me of walking alongside of, to use um, Brene Brown's way of talking, to walk alongside of others and to companion them in their spiritual journey. So what that entails are monthly sit-downs with each other for an hour uh, to check in on where they are, what their spiritual experiences have been, what their relationship with God is like, how they are engaged in the community, the family, and the, and the faith community around them, and, uh, and then to explore the subtleties with them in that hour of how it is that they experience God's loving kindness, God's faithfulness, God's goodness in their walk, or perhaps, they're not feeling it right now. And then we uh, work on that, uh, what it, where that feeling has gone or what we do when we're feeling lost in our spiritual walk. So that's pretty much the, both the intent and the reality of the ministry. 
it take we take time to spend with each other and with God. We always, I always say to my folks that there's a third person engaged in this conversation, and that spirit presence is what is also there to uh, to guide and also to listen attentively and gracefully. Um, it's a beautiful practice, and for people who are curious about it, uh, it's, it's this one-to-one -one companioning or in small groups with this spiritual intention of connecting with, you know, spirit or God, and I love that. One of the things that came to mind when you were talking was that you, if you meet with, with, you know, a handful of people regularly, would you say that those people are different, bring different things, different questions? Absolutely. Oh, everyone is unique and everyone is on this uh, trajectory of maturing in their faith, in their spirituality. And that is one of the blessings. That's how, one of the ways that I receive this kind of um, moment of goodness that I receive in these conversations. I, I engage in them as a, as a desire to be God's graceful uh, partner in this. But I'm also the recipient of much goodness and grace as a result of it, because I watch people, I get a chance to watch people grow mm -hmm. in their heart, from their heart outward. And that's, a, that's a, such a delight. And, I'm, and I know that you probably experience exactly the same thing. You it's rejoice so with them and you celebrate with them. And you also can struggle with their pain and their, um, and with the hard parts of their spiritual journey. But all in all, it is a value-added experience for me. And I, and I really do trust and believe it is for them as well, or else we would not be carrying on. And we've been going, I, has, I have um, three or four of my individuals have been with me since that time when we began, including one who was part, who was one of my directees when we were in the program. He okay. continues to be part of uh, a conversation that goes on with me. Yeah, well, that's, I do feel like it's a privilege when I sit with someone in this capacity and to journey with them. It's, uh, and you, like you said, it's, you get to see their spiritual life unfold. You get to help highlight things that they might not see um, and, you know, walk with them when things aren't going as well or they feel lost. So it's really, uh, it's a special relationship and I, I highly, <laughs> I highly recommend it. And the reason I asked you if your directees were all different or come from different, you know, stages of life and things like that is because it, it can be for everyone. It doesn't, mean that you have to arrive at some spiritual level in order to have a spiritual companion. It's really somebody to walk with you, no matter what you said, no matter where you are on your faith journey. Yes. I, I, and uh, yes, I have chronological contemporaries who are part of my conversation in spiritual direction, but I also are, am engaged currently with uh, two um, women uh, individually who are uh, who are exploring ministry as a call, and so th there's that there's, there are those kinds of explorations that go on in spiritual direction, and then in my two groups uh, they are their conversations with people who are who are not all the same, 
but who are all on the same journey or on a similar journey and they do it together and it's beautiful. Yeah, it's great work. So, well, thank you for sharing that. Mm-hmm. Um, and going back to one of the reasons that we're, we're going to talk today was about self-care, which is, I think, one of the most important spiritual practices um, that there are. And it's as simple as just caring for yourself. Can you describe what self-care means for you? Sure. For someone who has lived a pretty long life now in my 70s, um, I, what I recognize most importantly about caring for my own inside, my own soul, my own spirit, is that ongoing invitation that I feel from the spirit to be attentive. And attentiveness is, a, is really a part of self-care as far as I'm concerned. Attentive to my own feelings, obviously. Attentive to what's going on around me, obviously. But also attentive to the way in which the spirit is actively engaged in this. Desires to be part of this with me. So I sense this because uh, of a, a deep belief that the spirit joins every human being in their journey. To care for myself, in short, means to to be attentive to how it is that I am with others and how the spirit is with me. So that's one of the ways I care for myself. Obviously, reading um, is is a big part of it. And the books of choice in terms of Um, self-care are almost always in the spiritual realm, although not not religious in particular. But um, I also uh, engage in a physical fitness practice, although let's face it, COVID has put a has twisted that around a bit and and learning to actually exercise and work out kind of on one's own rather than in the presence of others in a in, at a gym or whatever yeah. but i Can know I have you pause for a second I, I wanted to ask you about the self-care piece is it so important because if the spirit you know if you believe that the spirit is with each individual person is it fair to say that we forget that maybe we slumber, we fall asleep, and that this caring of the self is bringing us back into that presence that helps bring us back and make yeah. us more aware and stronger and steeped in it. Or wakes us up. It, it it's, a, us up. it's kind of like an awakening. Yeah. Um, and so um, each and every time uh, I feel myself kind of tiptoeing away from this, the, the, my longing to be on a path with the spirit. When when I feel like the space between us is getting greater and greater, and there's and I'm and I'm not, I don't feel as connected. I I, I remember um, I think it was Thomas Keating who's who, who who when he was teaching on centering prayer, this whole idea of of somebody came to him and said, you know, I feel so far away, I I I, I, I lose my I lose my way in, in the practice. I can't, I can't focus on the presence of God. And, and so this person is so worried. And Keating, I think, says something like, oh, what a joy. Another opportunity to return to God. And that's pretty much how I experience um, this. It's this awakening again. 
um, this another opportunity to start all over in a fresh relationship, a, a, a new, a, a new uh, experience of God's grace and goodness in my life. And so there's no judgment about it. I don't feel God judging me because I'm slipping away, but rather God is celebrating when all of a sudden it dawns on me that, oh yeah, I need to be back in God's presence. I need to be back in the spirit's community. I need to be aware again. I need to awaken to that gift again. And Glenn, what are the ways that you personally uh, do that for yourself? Yeah, um, well, I am, uh, I have become again and again, a real advocate in breathing prayers. Um, the, uh, that, that kind of Buddhist way of mindfulness that focuses on breath as, uh, as the receiving of life, uh, uh, the receiving of love. And with each breath, with each inhale, that you, you receive again, the actual essence of life. And of course, with each exhale, you are sharing that life with, uh, with those around. So this breathing thing is really important to me. When I, when it is a practice of my pray, prayer life, that is just that, only breathing. Um, sometimes I say breathing peace, but um, mostly it's a, a function of breathing in what I believe to be life and then giving it as I receive it. That's so, that's so it's not, I, that's so selfless because you're receiving for yourself, but then I, I, I'm sensing this, this outpouring for others. Um, I think it was um, Henry Nowen who said that his breath prayers went from being something that he said in his head to like this embodied living in his heart. And I feel that way too. I have a breath prayer that I, that I repeat and I've been doing it for so long that it's sort of this muscle memory that I, when I take a deep breath in now, I hear it. <laughs> I'm not even thinking about it, but it is that it is what I say to myself. And it's, it's so soothing and beautiful and tender to me and no one else knows I'm doing it, but it's, it brings me back to the present moment. It is out in my ordinary life, in my everyday life. It's not sort of this set aside time that I have for myself every morning. It's embodied in me. Is, is right. that what I'm hearing? Absolutely. And so um, when I am breathing, and even if I'm not immediately mindful of it as a prayer, that comes to mind. I mean, breath becomes prayer. Mm -hmm. So just just everyday living is filled with these moments of prayer every time I breathe in and breathe out. And even if I'm not immediately mindful of it at, at every breath, in general, it has um, shaped the way I live. I, when I think about it, and I think about it every day eventually, but when I think about it, I realize I have been praying my way through my life because I have been breathing my way through my life. That's beautiful. And, um, and that, that idea for me um, is not a head idea. It's an idea of the heart. It's the embodied experience because, because every breath is, is, a, is a felt experience deep within our bodies. 
And that idea that you were talking about before of kind of running away or, or <laughs> slipping away from the presence of, of God in, in your life or the spirit, that this to me brings me right back to the center of that. It reminds me it, it's that remembering. Yeah. I, it, it remind, that image is also a, a one of the guiding principles of my uh, spiritual journey in um, living God's goodness as a lifestyle. And that is um, Yogi Berra's line about when you come to a fork in a row, a fork in the road, take it. Well, these forks in the road in my, in my journey, sometimes it's obvious which way, which way, which is the path that leads me closer into God's loving embrace, God's goodness, God's grace, and which it doesn't, which leads me away. But sometimes it's not so obvious. And you get to these little forks in the road. And if you're making decisions about these sorts of things, it's a discernment piece. Um, you make a choice. And even if you make a choice that takes you farther away from the, from the grace of God. The good news here is that a little farther down that path, there's another fork in the road and another opportunity to choose. And at, no matter how far away you go, there's always another fork where you can take the next fork closer into the gracious embrace of God. So for me, um, it, it, the, the, the journey idea now comes into play uh, in terms of living a life of goodness, because each life's choice um, has opportunity to bring me closer into, um, the, into a, a synchronous relationship with God's goodness. And I feel that now. I've been living it for, for long enough that it's, in, it's instinctive. It's a spiritual instinct. You know, I, we all are presented with choices and decisions and forks in the road. And this is such a helpful, non-threatening sort of way to, to envision it. Because I have a son who has sort of has some opportunities. And he's at a fork, in, you know, two forks in the road. Yeah. You know, which way do you go? And I love that there's really no wrong decision because there'll always be another opportunity to sort of, I don't know, circle you back. Is that, that's what I felt like you were. Yeah. Well, or whatever, you know, whatever whatever. it gets me closer to the presence of God's goodness and love for me and for others. Yeah. Um, so yes, it, it, it's all, if the journey is to draw closer to God, there are, there are countless opportunities every day to do that. And even if we're drifting away, we awaken to that reality. That we don't have to backtrack. We just continue living. It's not anything that we have to undo. We just carry on and live as fully and in God's breath as we can for the next steps. And you said if the journey is to grow closer to God, that we're doing that even though we're not consciously intending to. It's Oftentimes we are. Oftentimes we are. And I, and I credit the spirit for that. I, I credit God's goodness and grace because um, my, my whole gut instinct about goodness is that there, if it is gen, if it's the genuine article, if something is genuinely good, an action, a thought, um, a gesture, a word, if it is genuinely good, it is God. It is godly. It, 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 it carries with it 
um, a power so that good choices along the way, good actions, good words, good, good will towards others um, actually is part and parcel of being in relationship with God, whether or not we actually recognize it or name it as such. It is what it is, in, at least in my way of framing life, um, it is what it means to be in the presence of the holy. If we're living, if we're striving to live goodness, we're living in the presence of that which is holy. Can you give me an example of that in your life? Um, sure. Uh, so, um, so here's what, here's a very e easy one. Oh, Lynn, my wife, Lynn and I live in a, in a neighborhood and our neighbors, uh, our immediate neighbors, the people who live right across the street and the people who live on both sides, you know, there's six or seven of them families. Um, and, uh, and we've, Taking up this little practice of dropping off a little Christmas um, gift uh, at Christmas time, uh, and the, uh, or uh, if we can remember their birthdays, and we're kind of figuring that out along the way, um, you know, at their birthdays, just just delivering stuff to them and leave it on the in a mailbox or on their front doorstep or whatever, and, and they, they've. So the last one we did. We were out getting Valentines for our grandchildren. So we bought a pack of these Valentines cards, you know, the kind that kids send off to school. So we, we took, we filled one out for each of the, each of our neighbors and we just dropped them in their mailboxes on Valentine's day. Well, their response to that was just, just so touching to us because they were giddy. It was like they were back in grade school, you know, that's how, couple of them actually said that it felt like I was back in school it felt like I was I was I opened up my little box and there's my little valentines and all this all it was was a kind of a candy heart and a, you know that's a that's a simple way but it but the goodness that the goodwill in our in our little circle of, of neighbors is really it's palpable um in not because of those things but um it, it it's because there's a love there that that exists and we simply give give opportunity for it to be noticed and felt and we all feel it so that's that's kind of a, a kind of a hands-on but I do I, I do other, like for our church I I'm, I'm a prayer writer and a, and, and a small and a devotional writer and I do that as a practice trying to capture good words so that people can, um, sit with them and that becomes part of an ongoing conversation that I have with many people. I, I consider it as a part I, I consider it as part of my spiritual direction practice, although these people, many of the people who I engage with about those things aren't directees of mine, but simply um, they are they re respond to me because they've read something that I have written for, in, in a devotional or two. Receivers of your of your goodness. So yeah. I love the story about your neighborhood. And I would say for people listening, you were giddy in telling the story. You're waving your hands. You, you were excited in telling it. And I believe that in sharing that goodness as simple as, as it was, just putting something in their mailbox, that it shifted the dynamic for the people that are living in community with you. That I'll bet, you know, if your neighbor wants to put up a fence 
or take down a tree or do something that would offend you maybe or upset you. Maybe you sit by that tree. I don't know. I'm just making, you know, obviously I'm just making this up. I'll bet you because of this loving kindness that you've bestowed on them and the way that you've treated your neighbors that they would probably approach you first instead of just thinking, oh, just take the tree down. I think you're creating this community of love around you so that, you know, I loved what you said before, sort of you breathe in a prayer and then you send it out. And the way that you are caring for your neighbors is that you're sending it out but you'll also get it back. It's sort of this, it's, it's this never ending circle of this, this goodness as simple as it is. And, and that's the thing too, about the spiritual life that I always try to drive home is that it's and prayer life, everything. It, it seems so complicated, but there's this simplicity to it, sort of this simplicity of putting these cards in mailboxes or, or just taking that breath prayer, but then not only just for myself, but then this selfless of, pushing it out in, into the world. Well, and I honestly, Pam, I believe that living goodness is our natural instinct. It is, it is that heart center of the holy in us. And we all have this capacity. We all, and we do it naturally. It's not some, it's not something that you have to stress about or fret about or kind of obsess about. Um, it's the natural instinct of human life is to share goodness with each other. And so when we do that, um, we are fulfilling our sense of, of authentic self, our, our, our real self. We are at our best when we're doing these things for and with each other. And people, I think, feel that. And when they feel that, they can get caught up in it. And it becomes kind of the... It becomes a lifestyle, which is what we were, when we first started talking about having this conversation, it was about that, this kind of lifestyle uh, choice. Um, but it's, it's a lifestyle choice only because it is also, and more importantly, our natural essence. It's who we really are. Yeah. Which, and I think we forget that, Glenn. I, you know, I'm glad that you brought that up. It's such a good reminder because you know, we can get in arguments or I was thinking of the opposite of this, where we have neighbors that we don't get along with or that, you know, there's there's that tension and you just hurry into your house and you don't speak and you're mad about the bushes or the tree or whatever it was. But um, one of my mentors, teachers said to me once that most people are good and most people want to do good. It's just you're offering sort of this. How do we embody that and live it? Well, and, and so awareness of, of one's own goodness and I th is an opportunity then to become more intentional about honing that, about shaping that, about making, in making the intentional choices to extend your sense of internal goodness uh, for others. And, and that is when um, the natural instinct to be a good to be a good person, to be a person who cares for the well-being not only of yourself but of those around you, where that natural instinct um, becomes a practice of engagement, of of extending it as far as you can extend it. it 
when you recognize how good it feels to do it, um, then you can begin a practice of searching for ways to do that that is more intentional. And then it leads you to volunteering for um, with a refugee group, for example. Like, like Lynn and I, when we, when we retired, both of us, we joined our congregation's refugee group. And now we're actively engaged with it. In fact, last uh, two weeks ago, I, I'm, I'm now having a monthly conversations with our, our next refugee who is coming to Canada, coming to Ottawa, who now lives in Indonesia. He's a, he's a Palestinian refugee who's trying to find a home. So I, I had a Zoom conversation with him, 12 hours difference. He's in Indonesia. We sit for an hour. We have this lovely conversation. Well, that comes, that opportunity to share goodness with each other comes about because over the course of, of a, a life of recognizing goodness, I say, I'm going to try to do something intentional with that in these ways. So I join an IRG group. All of a sudden, I'm talking with a Palestinian living in Indonesia, waiting to come to be my neighbor. Mm. And the, it, I sat back after I was finished with that conversation and just took the deepest breath of grace and goodness and said, that was the essence of what it means to be fully alive and to anticipate the possibilities that are still to come. A friendship that is already born that we, that eventually I will be able to sit over a coffee with him in a, at Starbucks. But for now, this is how it is. And it's because I made a choice along the way. We made a choice to be engaged. Did you, let me play a little bit here, but did you use your spiritual direction training gifts, your gifts as a spiritual director in your conversation with him? Always. Yeah. And, and the reason, and the reason I say that kind of, it's, that sounds a bit glib, doesn't it? But it's not as if I'm intentionally yes. sitting in, in a spiritual direction session with him, but the idea of, um, Again, Brene Brown's image of story, stewardship, uh, reaching out with an intent to actually hear another person's story, lean into and, and let them know that they are seen and heard and beloved for their story, uh, to, to be engaged with that person that's that's what spiritual direction is all about isn't it it's about listening attentively with an open heart and holding the story of the other so deeply in ourselves that we feel a kinship to them that it, it is sacred it's it is honest and true it's good it's the essence of goodness and the reason i asked that question if you used your gifts as a spiritual director in your conversation with this man who you weren't meeting under the spiritual direction hat but you were you were in a conversation you said for an hour it's the same as a spiritual direction session and the reason i asked that was because as a spiritual director, that's one of your gifts that you're offering to the world. That's part of your goodness. And when, when I'm with someone, it spills over into my everyday life. When I'm with someone, I'm in tune, I'm listening, I'm leaning in, 
I'm tuning out like all the noise in the background. You know, when you talk to someone and they're looking over your shoulder or they're looking at their watch and, and you're thinking, oh, well, they're not really paying attention to me, but I consciously try to pay attention to people. And that's what we do. So it is one of your gifts. And when we were talking about the ways that we can share goodness in the world is I was thinking that we, it's good if we know what our gifts are, because then we can, how do we become good? We become good using our gifts. And so for people listening, you know, what are your gifts? Um, Would you agree that I would absolutely. And I would also. Yeah, you were using your gifts and I'm, I'm inviting people who are listening to think about what your gifts might be. Um, you know, yours obviously are hospitality. Uh, you know, you've been involved in churches and, and in ministry for you know most of your life. And so that comes natural for you. Um, so what are some of the other ways that people could tune in with what their gifts are? Well, I, I do think that there's a, a way in which, um, as human beings, we um, ought to trust that that our that our natural instincts to um, want to care for others, not just ourselves, to get beyond ourselves. That that as you sit back and you think, how can I actually extend myself? in that spirit to other people that could and likely will bring you to an awareness of, well, maybe I need to uh, reach out and volunteer. So, uh, you know, volunteer choices could be one way of, of taking that chance to discover what your, how it is that you can be engaged in this way to volunteer with others is not only, not only brings something out in yourself, but it also obviously creates community. This yeah. kind of partnership is, that is also at the heart of it. Yeah. Um, and we all have these different interests on like, you know, you may be somebody who cooks or somebody who plays music, or, you know, like you were saying, you have this, this way with words that land on people um, in a way that shifts things and that they react and respond in a positive way. And, and so offering those things, not yes. only if you're doing it for yourself, again, that self-care thing, some of those things might be healing and, and soothing for you, but then to sort of pass it out is, is in sharing that goodness. And it does, in fact, bring that spirit of goodness into, into the neighborhood into the into the world around you and however small or big the world around you may feel at any time um, to be engaged with others in your immediate circles uh, is such a gift of grace yes it can be stressful at times and yes you're not always going to disagree you're not always going to agree with people you may disagree but you you can be with them in a, in a, with an open heart and engage with them in that way. And Glenn, how can people make this a daily choice, like an intentional daily choice? What are yeah. some ways that we can do that? Well, uh, I, I think that, so uh, humility is, is, a, is, a, is a building block for this. Um, if, if you're gonna, 
if you if you're going to make choices to engage with other people in your neighborhood, you don't don't assume things about them. Reach out to them with an open heart and 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 welcome them where they are. Um, be that open heart idea is an important one for me. Um, I think that uh, to make it intentional, um, you you need to do some intentional um, surrendering of your your opinions to make room for other people's opinions. Um, you don't always need to be right. In fact, you are not, I can only speak for myself, I shouldn't say you. I'm, I'm not always right, in fact, um, just the opposite, but I am always trying to be open. So I, I hear others, and even if I don't agree, that shouldn't block the relationship. So um, I think also um, one becomes intentional by simply sitting up, and being present, just saying, you know what, I am gonna give this a try today. Gonna try to reach out to another person and maybe simply wonder about their story and you know, to, to start a conversation, to try it, to see what happens, to consider going to um, the food bank and asking about how you begin a volunteer relationship to actually take a step. Um, getting engaged, it really is about taking a first step. And that, that first step is a small one sometimes, but it is that there's no way to, to move in any direction without taking a step. Yeah. And what I'm hearing is you're saying, uh, a non-judgmental approach. Don't make assumptions about people because we're usually wrong. You know, I always ask myself, is that true? Is that something I'm making up in my head about someone? Um, being open to, you know, somebody might not have the same views that I have, but being open to that they are another human being who's on this human journey uh, with me. And then the last thing is that to lean in and listen, you know, have the ears for listening. Often, you know, we, we know what we're trained listeners. And, you know, I sometimes have to catch myself because when someone else is talking, I'm often thinking about my response to them before <laughs> they've even had a chance to finish. And you're I, I interviewed for, for a spiritual director, right? Exactly. <laughs> I interviewed uh, Kay Lindell, who wrote uh, the, this book on listening. Um, and she was saying that when she's talking to someone, she always says to them when, when she lets them finish and she says, is there more? Yes. Is there more? And typically we're waiting to jump in, interject, <laughs> give people our opinions. And I love that she would like slow down and say, is there more? And so I love that, that you kind of are giving us little steps on, on how can we be more, you know, uh, open to other people and to share, then we can share the goodness. Right. And that opens the door that opens the door because it's, it takes down all of the, uh, the walls. I love that. So Glenn, uh, do you suggest any guidelines for uh, practicing or sharing this goodness lifestyle? You know, we've talked a lot about 
the mechanics of it and, and sort of some of your experiences, but are there any closing remarks that you would offer for people? I, I, I will say this. When I, when years and years ago, when I was still preaching, um, I can remember preaching a sermon um, called the guilt-free resolution. It was on the first Sunday after the new year. It was called the guilt-free resolution. And the essence of the sermon was that most of us who make New Year's resolutions make them, I'm gonna stop smoking, I'm going to go to the gym. And as soon as we stumble, the very first time we stumble, whether it's a day into the resolution or a week into it or a month into it, as soon as we stumble, we throw up our hands and we say, oh, well, that's over for another year. And then we kind of forget about it. And the way God's grace works is that just because we stumble once doesn't mean that the game is over. The game is just beginning. So the guilt-free resolution came, I, the sermon came with, with, a, with a little tag that, I, that was, you could, anytime you, you stumble, all you have to do is touch the tag and start all over again where you left off. Yes, I slipped, but God's grace is saying to me, you can get it started where you left off tomorrow or right now for that matter. So go for it and carry on. Um, this is there'll always be another fork in the road. It goes going back to another fork in the road. It's 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 Keating's kind of oh you fall away from God again. Oh what a great opportunity to return to God, to return to the to, to the spirit of, that you intended for yourself. And because at the end of the day, Pam, um, this whole idea of lifestyle and uh, how to practice it in the lifestyle is to say, is to not give up on it just because um, things don't go your way on any particular day or in any particular hour in that day. To, the, a lifestyle is bigger than, uh, than each minute. It is the whole of it. And, and a minute can be up and down. It can be sad or it can be um, happy, it can be painful, or it can be joyful, but whatever it is, just live on with that spirit of belief that, that goodness is at the heart of what it is that you want to be, what you hope to be, what and you what will be. Glenn, it's not perfection. It is not perfection. It's a lifestyle. Lifestyle is not perfection. And you just, you know, gave me a whole bag of what life is, you know, the good, bad, and all of it. And I think that when people hit that wall, and they, they mess up, they think that they're, it's, they haven't perfected it. So therefore, it's no good. And what I'm hearing you say is just keep at it, keep going back to it, keep being good, <laughs> keep, keep, it's, it keep breathing love, keep kind of, you know, every breath is, in is a is a, a gift of life and love from the holy and every breath out is an opportunity to extend that to to offer that freely and lovingly to those around you uh, even when even if and when you have not been kind to that person a child a spouse 
a neighbor, a friend, even less than kind, take a deep breath, realize that what you have within you and offer love. And offering love because? Because it, it, it's who you are. It's what you, it's who you long to be. And it is who you are because the spirit of love, like life is within you. It's a gift to you. And it is worth, to, it's, it's so worthwhile to share. And that longing that I have inside of me and that you have inside of you and that on and on and on, the people that are recognizing that longing, is that longing to connect with that love? Connections with that sacred love. And I believe, I happen to believe it is a sacred instinct. Sacred love, yes. That connection to that sacred love, it, it inspires all of our connections with others and those connections though are the relationships on which a good life is is created is built is fashioned and nurtured yeah somebody put me on the spot once long long time ago in front of a big group of people and asked me what my description of god was you know my answer was love 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 Wow. That, was, that was my, that was my answer. It just, it was one word and it was love. And I, I go back to that thought. It makes me teary eyed, but I go back to that, that it just sprang out of me. I thought, wow, that's sort of a, a big question in front of a lot of people, but it came out so naturally. And that's what I seek and yearn for more of more of that sacred love. And so thank you for reminding. You know what mine is? Mine would be God is good heartedness. Mm -hmm. It is, it's the essence of, of what we long to be. What we, when we're at our best, it's what we imagine we can be. Mm -hmm. Good hearted. Good hearted. And you are one of the most good hearted humans yeah, that, have, had, that have graced my path. And I, I'm by the way, your spiritual direction skills in our conversation were well noticed <laughs> and much appreciated. So thank you, Pam. <laughs> that's so funny i can't help myself um i can't help myself it's the training it's all and it's done out of love glenn so at the end of the podcast i ask people um what good words that they are living by right now in their lives or uh do you have a favorite quote or words of wisdom as we as we close today yes i do i'll, I'll preface it by saying that this past Sunday, our refugee group in our faith community led the worship at Orleans United. Mm -hmm. And I don't, I, I very rarely take leadership in worship any longer since I've retired. I've just moved on from that. But, but because of my action within the group, uh, they asked me if I would do the, the congregational prayer. So I wrote this congregational prayer and I based it on, uh, on the refrain of a hymn that I have been humming to myself for the last two or three weeks, maybe a little longer even. Um, and it's called Spirit Open My Heart to the joy and pain of living. As you love May I love in receiving and in giving. Spirit, open my heart. Wow. Does that summarize everything that we talked about today? 
I hope so. It feels um, like it. And it wasn't planned. And I love when that happens because that to me is of the spirit, but that, that was absolutely beautiful. And I'll have you send that to me so that I can put it on the website for the podcast page. So that if people want to sing that or, or hold that close to themselves, I always tell people to print things out that they hear that are meaningful and stick it up around so that you have sort of this visual reminder I will send it to you and with the appropriate um, sightings or details, uh, sightings. Thank you. This was really wonderful to reconnect with you and to uh, talk about, um, you know, the ways that, uh, you know, that we can have this lifestyle of sharing God's goodness in the world. And you're a living, breathing example of that. And I, I appreciate your sharing your gifts today. Well, you are very welcome, Pam. I appreciate the invitation, and I really did genuinely enjoy the hour's conversation. Oh, good, good, good. I'm Pam Rotelli-Robertson, and you have been listening to Talking Joy, talks that help you realize your value while creating authentic connections with others. For more information about our talk today or to get in touch, you can find us at TalkingJoy.org. And to keep the encouragement going, you can also follow Talking Joy on Instagram and Facebook. Simple, joyful, fun. Thanks for listening. This is Talking Joy.